Welcome to this episode of FM Podcast. In this episode, we look at the Apostle John's writings to bring kingdom perspective to the fear and division we see today. We hope this episode brings you hope and faith that King Jesus is in control and he's moving on your behalf. Be blessed. Hey guys, welcome to the FM Podcast. Uh, or if you're watching on Facebook Live or YouTube, welcome to our channel. Um, today, uh, there's been something on my heart um, that started as I was reading through John, probably in April, and uh, just started building. And uh, we had uh, we had a lot of things going on. So some context: this was in April. My company had just started us working from home, and uh, working from home, the kids were out of school, the kids were at home. I'm trying to be dad at home, get my job done, be productive. And um, that's kind of what was going on in my life, you know, when COVID first hit the U.S. and the U.S. was trying to figure things out. So leading up to that, I just felt like this, this fear kind of coming into our world. And then obviously the COVID hit and there was like this fear just kept coming against um, the people, I mean, all of us, you know, Christian, not Christian, just, you know, the society in general. So it got to the point where I needed to write my thoughts down and I wrote most of what I'm going to talk to y'all about on May 18th down. And I wrote that down and, um, and it was, it was all in the book of John. So this is all the book of John and revelations. So, uh, John, one of the original apostles, he, uh, of Jesus, he wrote the book of John and then also Revelations. So I was just going through John and Revelations and the fear, and I wrote down the majority, like I said, of what I'm going to talk to you guys about on May 18th. And then what came after that was uh, a, lot of, a lot of just the social injustice hit the forefront. So we had George Floyd and others and all the social movement and then the reaction to that. And kind of everyone's heart was stirring and there was just disunity. And I kept, even in the middle of that, I kept, kept feeling fear. And, and I just, it's been stirring in me. And then since then, obviously, COVID continues. And there's just this, there's, there's just this initiative, I guess that I'm trying to say. So resulting from that, I mean, my, I'm, I don't take sides on that, but I want to know what kingdom says about stuff like that. So I start looking at what the result is on the body of Christ. What is everything happening that needs to be handled and needs to be addressed, but not just what's happening in this natural world, but what is the result in the kingdom perspective? So and what I see, and this is a very big generalization, what I see and saw and continue to see is just this push to not go to church and kind of distance if you are at church. And, and it just stirs something in me um, where there's like, we're supposed to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed, the Bible says. So, you know, if we're not laying hands on the sick, if we're not laying hands on each other, if we're not gathering and being in contact and praying for each other, um, I, I kept feeling that fear thing again. And it's, if we can't be free and fear-free in church and in gathering where two or three are gathered, the gathering of the saints, don't forsake it. All of these verses are telling us to gather and lay hands and be together. Fear has no place in that, in the kingdom perspective. And 
you know, I'll, I'll be kind of, I'll try not to be all over the place, but I just want to share my heart and try to bring up things that I see in this world, in this kingdom, but turn our focus to the kingdom of heaven and that perspective and that real narrative that's going there. So that's kind of some context of how this started in me, how it developed and kind of just where I'm at right now. And I, I kind of want to talk through uh, just a few things I've got written down. The first thing that I want to establish is Jesus always has been. He was there in the beginning. He saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. And in John eight fifty eight, it says, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Uh, you'll recognize the I am from Exodus and Moses. Who do I tell the people you are? I am that I am. So it's just, it's him saying I've always been and I am whatever you want to put after that. I am whatever else you need. I am whatever you need. I've always been. I always will be. So it's just, I want to give context of who is in control. So Jesus is outside of time. He is God. He's outside of time. Like I said, he was there in the beginning. He was there in the fall in the garden. Um, all the decisions to rescue humanity back to relationship with him. He was in the middle of that. And the good news is that Jesus came. He came and he rescued us. And he came, he lived, he died. He was a permanent sacrifice for all sin. He rose in victory and he reigns. He, is, he reigns, he is in control, he controls everything. He is sovereign. We have to believe that as Christians. We have to know that. We have to have faith in that. And if we have faith and believe in that, that's where this fear that can be around us has no place in our heart and our spirit because we know, we know what's really happening around us. We know things need to be addressed. We know everything, need, the church needs to move into these spaces. It needs to move into responding to COVID in a healthy, practical way, bringing hope, not fear into that. It needs social injustice. We as a church have to move into that. But we have to move into that to bring unity. And we've got to bring unity where there's disunity. That's Unity is a kingdom principle. And, you know, it was the, the Bible says that it was Jesus' joy to fix the relationship. And by fix the relationship, humans were created to be in relationship with God. That was the original intention. Relationship, community, gathering, that is kingdom principle. And it, that was broken when sin entered the picture. But Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice to take sin to allow us to be in relationship with God again as originally intended. So Jesus, Jesus said, I'm going to go to heaven so I can send the comforter. And the comforter is his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. So not only is when you know who's in control and the sovereignty of Jesus, that he reigns, that that should remove fear from you. The same spirit that spoke worlds into existence, the same spirit that rose a dead human body, Jesus' human body, from death back to life, that spirit cannot be contained and it lives in us, which should bring even more just empowerment, faith, and hope to not have fear and stress and worry of what's happening in our life control us. If it doesn't, if we can get to the point where it doesn't control us, 
And we don't have that fear and that anxiety because we know who's in control and who lives in us. Then we can, as the church, impact and bring change to what's coming against in the world. We don't have to participate in it. We don't have to like get in the, their narrative. We can push kingdom narrative into that space. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about fear and uh, the word is alive. This is, again, I'm, I'm going to focus on scriptures from John. But, I mean, if you have fear in your life, just go on Google and say scriptures of fear. And let the living word of God breathe over your life. So there's no, there's, there's no fear that can come against you when you know whose you are, who's in control, and who lives in you. So I, I just want to speak a few scriptures over you guys from John just to let, just to let faith arise. So uh, John 14.1 says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. Believe also in me. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So that's Jesus' words. These are, again, Jesus' words where John's quoting Jesus. So don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus says. John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So you're not alone. You're not just out there. You know, Jesus says, I will come to you. His spirit will come to you where you need him. Uh, John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. So this is what I was talking about where the Holy Spirit lives in us. So I'm sure those disciples are like, Jesus, you're right here. Like, why do you, we don't want you to leave. We want you here. How is it better for you to leave? But if he wouldn't have left his spirit couldn't come back to this world and live in everyone. It would, it would just be his human body. So when he left, his spirit came. So we've got to see Holy Spirit and his spirit living in us the same as Jesus right here beside us. And that relationship of him, of his spirit talking to us and moving us is what he wants it to be just as real. And it can be in relationship with him just as real as him on earth right beside us. So we, we shouldn't have any fear because that power is living in us. Jesus' spirit, it rose him from the dead. It came back. It's living in us. And that, that power is in us. So, I mean, it's just what a privilege that is. Um, what an honor it is to be a vessel that the Holy Spirit can live in, that God can live in. Um, but also, what a responsibility. And that responsibility um, is, is things that... If you don't know what he did and you don't know what's in you, um, you don't really get to the responsibility part. But we do have a responsibility. Jesus said in John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he also will do. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father and I send the Spirit into this world to operate through them. So, we're supposed to do more than what Jesus did on earth. And Jesus had miracles happening everywhere. And then later in John, it said, these are the things written. But if we wrote everything Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain it. So we're supposed to do more than that. So that, you know, I don't want you to think of that as symbolism or I think it, I don't think I believe and I declare it's literal. 
So again, Jesus in the human body, God in the human body of Jesus is operating doing all these things, but it's better for him to go to send the Holy Spirit to live in us. Now we are to operate in truth and spirit and word and deed as Jesus did. We have his example and now we have his spirit in us to transform us into a new creation to do what Jesus said, to operate in what he did, to do what he did. And doing greater than he did is not something an individual one of us can do, but together, millions of Christians on the world, millions of people operating in the spirit and the way and the path and the gospel, the good news of Jesus, can do more than he did. And that's his purpose is for us to just be a bunch of Jesus looking people on this earth. And I, I try to try to be careful with those words because I don't want to come off as saying we can be Jesus, but we can't be Jesus, but he can transform us by the renewing of our spirit, his spirit in us and our spirit coming out of us. He can transform us. We can do what he did. We are to do what he did. That's what he said. So how do we do that? How do we how do we do that? Again, we have to do it together as a body of Christ. Like the scripture says, we are one body, one, one in one accord. So we, we have to, to be one body, we have to meet together. We have to be in community. We have to gather. I, I, I just have that so strong in me. Like you can't be in relationship without being in person relationship, excuse me. So, you know, we need to be in community gathered, but we need to be in love. And in love, it, it covers a lot of things. And love covers over a lot of things. So I want to talk a little bit about the love I'm talking about. So Jesus, Jesus told us how to love in John 13, 34 through 35. So a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this love, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus loved, we can't comprehend how much he loved us. Uh, I mean, dying for our sins as humans were despising him for their sins. And at that time of just dying from being just beaten, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. That's his words. I mean, it's, it's a love we can't understand, but we're supposed to seek the Father's heart. We're supposed to seek and have the Holy Spirit impress upon us more and more knowledge and understanding of how deep that love is. And we're supposed to share that one with another. So uh, this is my definition and just some things that come to my head of what love means. So where there's love, there's no fear. There's no distance. There's no lack of affection and no withholding one from another. We're fully open and vulnerable to one another. We're wide open. We're an open book. And we, we feel safe to be open and just share our heart and give our love and receive others' love as like an ebb and flow. And we grow together. We're there for each other. We're a family. We're a body we work, you know, we, we don't hurt each other because you don't want to hurt the hand. The hand can't hurt the foot. The head can't hurt the, the arm. You know, it's, we have to work together and we understand that we're one body working together for one purpose. So we're able to be vulnerable and help and exhort each other to grow and to get stronger. And, and this, 
This is key to being in one accord. And we've got to be together and loving and open and vulnerable to be in one accord. And one accord is where we can have, we can do what God told us to do. You know, do more exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think and do more than what Jesus did by the enabling of his spirit. So, you know, to be in one accord and to be in love, you know, love will stand out in this world because again, it, it, love cancels fear, it cancels distance, it cancels the lack of affection, it doesn't withhold. And, and love is, is not, it's something we have in intimate relationships, but it's not something that, I, that is shared in our society that is just widespread. So it will stand out. Um, many things have come against the church, you know, over millennia, but the history is written when Christians stood together in love. And, and oftentimes were martyred and killed and and, and their love for one another, I can only, their love and their togetherness and their vulnerability and just praying and being together and being there for each other is the only thing that I can think of that could possibly get them through what they were, what was coming against them, death in cases and fear of death. So they couldn't be fearful of death and they, they weren't fearful and they still operated in pushing the gospel and You've got to have a community. You've got to have a, the body of Christ together to push through that, that, that just coming against your actual life. So um, love always seeks an opportunity to show itself pure and true. And I think that's key. Like if you can say, I love you, you can portray love, but it's got to be pure and true for people really to believe it, to really have that connection, to let, to welcome people to open up, to really give people the confidence that they can be vulnerable. So we have to pray to have just this deeper understanding of what true love is and that it, it just got to be pure and true. Those are two words that come to my mind with when I think love. So, you know, when we have this love and we know our mission, um, there, there's John later writes in revelations 14, 14, 14 through 20, um, of kind of revelations is like what's to come. So I enjoy revelations. I like to have the playbook, you know, the answer key to the end and, and kind of read into that. So I'll read this passage, um, of kind of what, what the kingdom is going to do if the people would align to what Jesus told us to do. Go out, make disciples, do even more things than I did. You'll be known as my disciple through love. Love and expand, become one body. And then it's like, as we do that, Revelations talks of a time of what's going to happen, what's coming in this kingdom that we're a part of. So let's 14, 14. Revelations 14, 14. Then I looked and behold, a white cloud and seated on the cloud like the son of man with a golden crown on his head, a sharp sickle in his hand. And the other angel came out of the temple calling, calling with a loud voice to him that sat on the throne. Put on your sickle and reap for the hour to reap has come and for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he sat on the cloud, slung the sickle across the earth and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple of heaven, and he, he had a sharp sickle as well. And another angel came out from the altar, and the angel who had authority over fire, and he called with a loud voice 
to the one who had a sharp sickle. Put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for the grapes are ripe. For the grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and, and threw it out a great wine press for the wrath of God. And the wine press trod outside of the city, and the blood flowed from the wine press as the high horse bridle and 16 stallion. Sorry, I read that fast. I get excited every time I read that. So let me take a step back. I got a little excited. So it's talking about this sickle coming from heaven and just taking this huge harvest and says the grapes are ripe. The harvest is ripe. So I've always looked at that and I'm like, I see that as a window into like this massive harvest. And and I think about this a lot. Again, I apologize for getting excited. But again, it's talking about the harvest of the earth. So this huge pulling and gathering to God. And I look at that and I'm like, how can that happen? You know, how can that happen? So humans are very stubborn, you know, to have this massive harvest and hearts turning to Jesus, it would have to be just this love, like in this overwhelming love and like this impossible time where love just would stand out like crazy. Like, because it just, that, you know, Humans are just stubborn is just what I, I feel when I think that. Like, how what would change in the heart of man to where millions and billions would turn to God? So the first thing I think about is, like, Christians are going to be here during the tribulation, and we're going to be protected like, uh, like the Israelites were in Egypt when the tribulations hit there and uh, all the plagues struck Egypt. Um, and my mind goes there and then I think about that and that's just a deep thought and I don't want to get too much into that. But now in this time of history, I see another window into this scripture, how we could be playing a part in moving the narrative to this Revelations 14, 14 through 20 moment that's going to come. And, you know, I see like the media and the laws and the guidelines and the news and I, I just feel like all this is coming against this window and it's creating, but it's also creating this opportunity. So there's everyone's like at home, not gathering. Uh, there's new stresses, there's fear, there's anxiety of the virus, there's, uh, there's unrest of, and disunity in the world, um, just with the social injustice. There's, and these are all real narratives. These are real things that are happening that need to be addressed. But there's not clear solutions to them so it's an opportunity for kingdom to come into that and it's an opportunity for love to bridge the gaps that need to be bridged and uh one thing i want to say right now is this is not a rebellion call this is not a a fight against you know our government leaders uh our government our cities our states it's none of that so i just i want to be clear on that it's not a fight against and a call against the natural. It's more a call. It's not more. It is a call into the kingdom. It's a call into the kingdom mindset, the kingdom principles, the kingdom war that we have a chance to infiltrate and get involved in through love. So um, we were adopted into this kingdom. We were adopted into the kingdom of God. And it's we've got to take our position in that. We've got to see the real fight and align to Jesus' sovereignty and his will over and his power over everything and get on his 
get in get in the fight. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about our adoption. I've got a lot written here because it it hit me uh, probably earlier this week, I think, and I just was crying driving to work as I was just thinking about all this. So I want to talk about our adoption and how that adoption into the kingdom gives us an opportunity and a view into the real war that we should be uh, focusing on. So God created humans for relationship. Sin came in 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 Eden and there was a divide. Uh, We chose the knowledge of good and evil. We chose free will over God's sovereignty and he get he he'll give us that he always gives us that and it was broken and and then the law came and we couldn't live up to the law but John 1 1 says Jesus was the word he fulfilled the word he was the word he was with God he is God so he came and his life lived on this world his Jesus life lived on this planet it created the reality that what was written was God and Jesus was living that out. So Jesus came to fulfill that. I mean, he was born as a human, as a baby. He was born and cared for by humans. He had this call in his life and he went to the temple when he was 12 or an adolescent and his parents looked for him for three days and they finally found him panicked because they were humans taking care of, of God. <laughs> And they, you know, it's new. They didn't know what to do. And he's like, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? I, but even in that, they said, just, I have to imagine a conversation was like, we get it. Please do that. But give us a heads up, man. Let us know what's going on. And he submitted to that. He, and that's just one example, even as a kid, where he was doing God's will, but submitting to authority. And I think that's very important. We have to do God's kingdom will, but that's always going to be a line to submitting to the authority that is around. God is in control of who's the governing authorities. He's in control of the election. He's in control of all that. He's in control of who our leaders are. And we have to believe that because we believe he's sovereign. So what we're doing has to bring unity and love to that environment. And it's always it's not going to be you know, fighting against, you know, governing powers. It's bringing kingdom principle, kingdom love and alignment into the reality that we're governed under. And Jesus ultimately lived a life for 33 years that showed us how to be human, the way human was intended to be. And now he died, he rose and he, he, he took, he took over he took over, he reigns over death, hell, and the grave and everything. He took the keys. So at that moment, he took all that authority, went to heaven and sent his spirit. And now his spirit is in us. And that's how we, as the body of Christ, can live the way humans were intended to live. In relationship, in power and authority. And not just in power and authority, because Jesus went to heaven and his spirit lives in us. And it says that we were adopted into the kingdom of heavens as sons and daughters. And if we're sons and daughters, then heirs to the kingdom. We are co-heirs, the scripture says, alongside Jesus. We're not just the servants of the kingdom. We are co-heirs in the kingdom. And that's the adoption that we've been brought into. When, When you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior... And he enters you, his spirit enters you. You become a temple of the Holy Spirit, a new creation, a fresh and a new. You are adopted into the kingdom of God as a son or daughter and a co-heir alongside Jesus. 
And that adoption comes with power, dominion, authority, but also responsibility. So the responsibility is we are not, we are to enlist in the war. We are to enlist in the kingdom and the kingdom movement. And the scripture says we are not at war against uh, flesh and blood. We are not at war against humans. We are not at war against what we can see, but we are at war against rulers and principalities of evil and darkness. So we're not at war against color and race. That, that's that's a, a worldly principle bringing division. That the kingdom principle is unity. And we bring love into that narrative knowing whose we are and who we're adopted into and what our call is. We bring love into that and we bridge that gap to unity, the kingdom principle. That's got to be our focus is bringing in love into that situation and that narrative and that division uh, and the social injustice that we're seeing. Bring love into that with the purpose of bringing unity and work with people, work with everyone Work with all sides, hear and understand the perspectives of all sides to where you can infiltrate and be that bridge of love. So we're not at war against the candidates for presidency. This is a huge thing right now. We should, we should vote. I will vote. But again, I'm flesh and blood. I have opinions. I have ways of thinking. I have raisings. I have a context of raising. And I'm flesh and blood. So my opinions don't matter. And again, Jesus is ruler. Jesus is in control. So we should all vote. But no matter who's elected, reelected, whatever happens in the election, our heart should be now and then, whoever's the president, whoever's the governor, whoever's over us, to know that God is in control. He allowed that election to happen. And for us to pray for Holy Spirit to humble whoever they are, whatever it is, humble their hearts and impact them let them submit to holy spirit and jesus rule and authority and just use them holy spirit to impact this world for your kingdom purpose and your will whether they believe in you or not just humble them and use them let them be a servant of you and hopefully just infiltrate them with your love so much and let us be a part of that to where they just become followers of jesus no matter who they are now no one's past transformation no one's past redemption jesus didn't Jesus, he, he paid the price for all. So if we know that it's our duty to vote, to be educated, vote how we want, knowing we're flesh and blood, and that our opinions don't matter and God is in control, then we can have peace in this election. We can have peace through this process. We can have peace of the outcome. We don't have to worry and be anxious and fear of what if this person gets elected or reelected? What does that mean? What could happen? We don't have to worry about that. We know kingdoms in control. We know what our part is. And we know that our part is to vote and then to pray for whoever's elected, for Holy Spirit to humble them, impact their hearts, call them, and use them for Jesus' kingdom. So we're not at war against COVID, right? So it's, it's fear to, of what could happen. It's control that can be put on our our minds of like, I shouldn't do this because I could get COVID and what could that mean? And, you know, again, be smart, wear your mask, be an example. You know, if someone's uncomfortable, if you go in a place and people are uncomfortable, 
you don't want to bring fear and more anxiety on them. So as the church, if we're operating in love, wear a mask. You know, I have my opinions of it. Again, I'm flesh and blood. My opinions don't matter. But I have to be focused on kingdom principles and calls and what kingdom says is to love. So I'm not loving them if I give them more fear. But if I wear a mask and I say and I bring them, you know, then I can be approachable to them, hopefully. And I can just say, hey, man, how you doing, man? Outfit looks great. How you doing? Maybe start a conversation. They're not shut off and fearful of me. You know, I'm hopefully uh, inviting to them in that case. So, again, the kingdom principle is joy, peace and freedom, not and so we, we need to bring love into the fear and control that is gripping some people around this virus that, again, is very real. But we need to bring love into that with smarts of what's safe and not safe. Wash your hands, wear a mask, you know, whatever, you know, the, the things that make sense. But in that, be used and bring love into that and hopefully bring some joy, peace, and freedom to some people. So we can see this physical reality but we need to pray to see the spiritual reality we need to pray to have an understanding and eyes to see as scripture says of the adoption that in the kingdom that we've been adopted into and the war that's really happening the war is the kingdom principles of love that bring joy peace and freedom into people's life and if we focus on that then we can say that's the view that's God's plan. That's God's will. That's what's going to happen. That's where it's all headed. So anything that comes against that, we can bring love into that situation in, in the natural world and try to turn it to kingdom perspective. And if you give people love, joy, peace, and freedom, that always brings goodness to their hearts and their lives. It, it always has a positive effect on them. And it's just time that we take our place as heirs of the kingdom of heaven and we join in the spiritual war that, that we're a part of because we're going to fill it one way or the other. But to focus on the kingdom and to have the hope and the faith that love is going to impact all these negative things, we're, we're now working towards something. We're built for progress. We're working toward that. And we're able at that point to focus on where we have the hope and the glory to move into instead of the reality of what it looks like right now. We're, we're focused on kingdom, moving toward kingdom from where we are now instead of focused on where we are now. And that brings hope and joy and just peace in our life, you know, knowing that we're a part of a fight beyond what we can see. And, and love, loving well is the main difference there. So, um, you know, I, again, I said hope a little bit, but, you know, the Bible says we have the hope of glory. There's no fear in those in Christ Jesus. There's no fear in those that are called in Christ Jesus. We are to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. We are to show love for one another. And this is how they'll, that, will, that people will know we're Jesus' followers. These are all principles that, that we should have hope in that the, the scripture says are ours and are real and reality. And this is our hope. And I want us to get that hope and join that kingdom fight because I feel like we have an opportunity. Going back to John uh, 14, 14 through 20 um, of this huge harvest, I feel like we have an opportunity right now to bring hope, joy, peace, 
healing community and just love to a world that I feel is very receptive to it right now. So I feel the world and those that don't have a relationship with Jesus, I feel they're, they're stripped down in this time to just who they are. They're stripped, all the things that they went and did on the weekend or the activities or just little things that, that fill our time and keep us out of our headspace and, and thinking about where we really are in life, what we're really doing, those things have kind of limited. They're, they're limited at this point. So I feel like people are, are thinking more. They're reflecting more. They're, and that's what I mean by stripped down to what they are. And, and I feel like if, you know, if I'm feeling these things and I have the hope of glory, I know who I am and whose I am and what I'm a part of, if I'm feeling these things, I can only imagine that they're feeling these things when they don't have a relationship with Jesus and that hope and knowledge of who they are. And I just, I feel like they don't know who they are or whose they are simply. And I feel like they're searching for it. And, and whether they know it or actively searching, I feel like built in, I know that we're built for a relationship with God. We're built for a relationship and love. So I know they're missing that, and it's our job to show them love. And by love, they'll know that we're disciples of Jesus. And again, love is very attractive in any context, but especially right now where there's just so much unrest and disunity and, and fear and stress. So we need to show them that love. And I believe this is an opportunity where they will be receptive. I believe that the world is receptive to real, genuine pure love and true love. So I believe this is a window into moving this whole narrative, this entire narrative of the world from creation to the fall, to redemption, to the church being birthed, to the Holy Spirit moving and the Christian and his spirit just moving out, all moving toward this Revelation 14, 14, where this huge harvest is going to happen. And I believe this is an opportunity to move into that. So, you know, what does that mean for you? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? So the first thing I would say is just read what Jesus did and just ask for him to put a call on your life. Like, just, just read the word and see how Jesus conducted his life when he was here. Because we're to follow his example. We're to have the shoes of the gospel of peace. We're to have the shoes of the good news and the path that he gave us. And the path he showed us. He has a path for us in line with his with his path and his example. And when we walk in that, that's good news. And that good news brings just peace beyond understanding. So we have to first know and understand what he did. And some things he did, and it was against the interpretation people have had of the law. It was against cultural acceptance. He went into places that weren't the place of a teacher in that time. He, he did things that were out of the norm by approaching the unclean. And, and it just, it, it, he, did, he did healing on the Sabbath, which was against the law because it was viewed as work. But again, all of these interpretations of the law were built on the commandments that were created and all the five or 600 subsets after that. But again, Jesus is the word. He is the law. He fulfilled the law. So we know now what they couldn't see. We, we can have eyes to see now what they couldn't see. So some of the things he did is he healed the lepers, the unclean. He opened the eyes. He healed the lame. And he did a lot of these things on the Sabbath, which were against. He healed infirmities. And it, he just, he did 
kingdom principles while while aligning and giving context and talking. He didn't shut from the conversation of I'm doing these things because when they would come against him, he wouldn't just push them away or ignore them. He would say, you need, you know, let me show you, let me tell you that I'm about the works of my father. Let me tell you what I'm doing. This doesn't look right. You know, why are you loving in this environment right now in today's context? Why are you, why are you involved? Like, why are you doing this or doing that? Like you're, you're not fitting the mold. You're not fitting this. And again, we have to come into that with love, but we've got to be willing to, to bring that kingdom principle of it. So the love and doing it, Jesus did these healings and these acts through love. And it, it started attention. And again, the Pharisees and people would come against him. But everyone that would take the time to hear his heart and what it, the work he was about, about his father's business, they, the love would attract them. It was undeniable. And then it created an opportunity for him to share the kingdom. It gave them an opportunity for him to give them eyes to see through the revelation of, the, of his words, which are now the words that we read in the Gospels and all the examples through the rest of the New Testament. So I would say pray for a call. Pray for God. Pray for Jesus and Holy Spirit to really just put something on your heart. And then just pour an understanding and some knowledge. Read up on it. Get a well-rounded view of that. And just move into that and say, and just whenever you feel like, whenever you feel the nudge, just move into it with love. And that love is going to be attractive. There's an opportunity there. People are receptive again. And then you, and just give them the kingdom principles, give them word, give as that love builds an opportunity and relationship there, just move into that. So the season, that opportunity is what, is what I really want to put on us. And, um, and I'll leave you with this verse. Um, just more, just this verse just speaks to me. I, it's uh, John fifteen fifteen. This is the Passion Translation. Uh, this, this translation really speaks to me. I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends. For I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. So... We are, co we are adopted into this kingdom. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We are sons and daughters. We are co-heirs alongside Jesus. But not just that, we are his most intimate friends. And he reveals everything he hears the Father saying to us through his Holy Spirit living in us in our spirit. And it's our job to take, to take that, enter that fight. Enter that fight, enter the kingdom fight. And everything happening in the world, bring love and kingdom principles into that. And just bring faith and hope to everything. And guys, it just, all my heart is always, is always just this passion for what, what I'm doing. So I always love to talk about it. So these are all things that we can move into and just be willing to be used by God. So just be willing to be used and he'll, he'll lead you on that path. So I love you guys. Um, I'm able I'm not able, sorry, I'm not able, but I am willing, and God is able. So be blessed. I love you guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of FM Podcast. 
If you want to reach Freedom Ministries, you can find us on Facebook and Messenger at Freedom Ministries 2017, or you can email us at freedomministriesms at gmail.com. Be blessed.